Abigail Adams reminds us that generosity to our children must be combined with moral education, urging them to achieve, but always with a crucial caveat that Abigail Adams wrote, that in making our mothers and fathers proud, we must do our maker proud first. Welcome to Bible 365, episode 76, A Mother in Israel, Deborah and the Miracle of Mount Tabor. I'm Mayor Soloveitchik. Abigail Adams is one of my favorite figures in American history, a true intellectual partner to her husband, John. The two of them brought into the world one of the most brilliant men in American political and civic life, John Quincy Adams. The latter had witnessed as a child the Battle of Bunker Hill and then sailed at the age of 10 to France with his father in the middle of the Revolutionary War. One can only imagine what went through his mother's mind as her son John Quincy departed on that dangerous journey. But upon arrival in France, John Quincy received a letter from his mother, which tells us a very great deal about the meaning of motherhood, which, as we shall see, is a central theme of the story of one of the most inspiring women in the Bible. Chapter 4 of the book of Judges describes the sins of Israel leading to their subjugation at the hands of the Canaanite king Yavin and his most mighty warrior, Sisera. We are then introduced to a woman who is the most famous female prophet in the entire Tanakh, Devorah. It is Devorah that summons Israel and its warrior Barak to rally the troops against Yavin and Sisera. Chapter 4, verse 6. And she sent and called Barak the son of Avinoam out of Kedesh Naphtali, and she said to him, Has not the Lord God of Israel commanded, saying, Go and gather your men to Mount Tabor, and take with thee ten thousand men of the children of Naphtali and of the children of Zebulun? And I will draw out to thee to the wadi of Kishon, Sisera of Yavin, with his chariots and his multitude, and I will deliver him into thy hand. And Barak said to her, If thou wilt go with me, then I will go. But if thou wilt not go with me, then I will not go. And she said, I will surely go with thee, however, thou shalt scarcely attain honor on the journey that thou goest, for the Lord shall yield Sisera into the hand of a woman. Devorah, in other words, indicts Barak for a lack of independence and courage because he refuses to battle on behalf of Israel without her accompanying him. Her phrase, the Lord shall yield Sisera into the hand of a woman, appears to be a reference to herself, but it is perhaps a prophetic prediction of the fact that, as we shall see, it will be another woman who will ultimately kill Sisera. The army gathers on Mount Tabor in the Galilee and then descends to face Sisera in the land below. Verse 14, So Barak went down from Mount Tabor and 10,000 men after him, and the Lord confounded Sisera and all his chariots and all his host with the edge of the sword before Barak, so that Sisera alighted from his chariot and fled away by foot. What exactly confounded Sisera? Many modern commentators understand this to be a reference to where the battle took place, the Wadi of Kishon. As we know, this relatively minor body of water can also at times undergo a sudden flash flood. Indeed, as many point out, Napoleon was able to triumph over the Turks in his battle in that region precisely because of such a phenomenon. Rabbi Michael Atin, in his lectures on the Book of Judges, gives us a succinct summation of the relevant layout of the Holy Land, describing Kishon as a, quote, water course that begins its route near the foot of Mount Tabor and flows along the floor of the Israel Valley all the way to its exit at the base of the Carmel Range on the Mediterranean Sea. While the final western 10 kilometers of the watercourse, he continues, until its discharge on the coast, are a perennial stream, 
the rest of the river is actually a wadi. This means, he writes, that during the long summer months, its bed is dry and easily traversable. But during the rainy season, it can suddenly and destructively fill with a torrent that may even overflow its banks and cause extensive flooding all along the valley floor. The fact that the passage refers more than once to this Kishon as the site of the victory may imply a connection to its occasional habit of suddenly filling with water and flooding the area, end quote. So Rabbi writes, and, as he and others note, this understanding of the battle can be deduced from Deborah's own description of the encounter. Sisera flees, and he seeks refuge in the tent of Yael, a woman who is married to Hever the Kenite, someone who is a descendant of Jethro, the father-in-law of Moses. Because this tent is not an Israelite domicile, Sisera thinks he is safe, but Yael's loyalties are to the people of Moses. When Sisera is thirsty, Yael gives the wicked warrior milk, which makes him drowsy. As he slumbers, Yael takes a tent peg and drives it through his head, giving us another gory ending to a tale in Judges. After the victory, Deborah, along with Barak, celebrates an exultant song, and her depiction of the battle lends credence to the flooding interpretation. For she says in verse 21, The wadi of Kishon swept them away, that ancient brook, the brook of Kishon. This, then, is how Israel won, through a providential flooding of the wadi of Kishon at the foot of Mount Tabor. And I would add that this allows us to better understand why Deborah's song is always read as the Haftarah, the accompaniment to the Torah reading, on the Shabbat when we read of the splitting of the sea. It is not just that Deborah sings just as Moses does. Both stories involve the enemy being swept away by water. But there is another aspect to Deborah's song that is worthy of our attention. She describes the persecution of the Israelites, their inability to live normal lives, until she rallied Israel to save them. And in describing her own role, she uses an interesting word. Chapter 5, verse 7. The inhabitants of the villages ceased. They ceased in Israel. Until I, Devorah, arose. I arose a mother in Israel. So she sings. Why does Devorah use a parental description to depict the role that she plays in this tale? For some, such as Rabbi Hatin, this is a description of her compassion and her love for her people, which drive her to seek their salvation. And this is certainly part of it, but there is, I think, another important element here as well. The role of a parent truly driven by love of a child is to ensure not only the child's physical safety, but also the child's moral and spiritual well-being. This point was made by Abigail Adams in the incredible letter that she sent to her son after his departure for France. Her brilliant boy was heading to Europe, to the center of enlightenment, but Abigail emphasized that all that would be for naught if he, John Quincy, forgot the religious and moral teachings with which he had been raised. And she writes, quote, Great learning and superior abilities, should you ever possess them, will be of little value and small estimation unless virtue, honor, truth, and integrity are added to them. Adhere to those religious sentiments and principles which were early instilled into your mind, and remember that you are accountable to your Maker for all your words and actions. This is Abigail's letter, and this is true parenting. And similarly, Devorah led only part of Israel into battle, but she describes herself not as matriarch of a particular portion of the people, but rather as Aim B. Israel, a mother in all Israel, because she also guided and critiqued those tribes that failed to rally to her call, those reflecting, in her view, moral failings. An uncritical, indulging parent is an imperfect parent. Devorah appropriately as an aim, a mother, 
gives credit to whom it is due, but responsibly censures those to whom credit is not due. She praises the tribes that joined her and criticizes those that refrained from fighting. Judges 5.15 And the princes of Yisachar were with Devorah. As was Yisachar, so was Barak. Into the valley they rushed forth at his feet. In the divisions of Reuben, great were the resolves. When then didst thou sit amongst the sheepfolds to hear the bleedings of the flocks? For the divisions of Reuben, great were the heart searchings. Gilad dwells beyond the Jordan, and why did Don remain by the ships? Asher continued on the seashore and abode by his bays. Zevulun was a people that jeopardized their lives to the death, and Naphtali likewise on the high places of the field. So Zevulun is praised for risking its life on the battlefield on behalf of Israel, as is Naphtali. But others, like Reuben, failed to fight. Thus, Deborah both praises and criticizes. And in her words to Reuben, we can find a hint to the words of a previous leader, Moses. Recall that Reuben was one of the tribes that requested to stay on the other side of the Jordan because it had an abundance of flocks and found the grazing lands in that region appealing. Moses responded by referring to covenantal responsibility. Shall your brothers go into battle and you remain here? Now at that moment, of course, Reuben bravely committed to fighting on behalf of Israel. But now, Devorah is saying, Reuben has chosen to remain with his flocks. The tribe that is on the other side of the Jordan feels safe and doesn't consider Sisera its problem. For Israel to truly be Israel, all the tribes must play their parts, and those that do not are called out by Devorah. This is what it means to be not only a leader in Israel, but a mother in Israel. Devorah admirably considers her calling to be not only that of military protector, but also of moral instructor. And that is why Devorah then, in her song, contrasts herself with the mother of Sisra, imagining that this other mother, this pagan mother, waits for her son to come home not knowing that he has fallen at the hands of Yael, not even considering the possibility that Sisera was defeated. And, Devorah goes on, Sisera's mother imagines what might be keeping Sisera. Devorah sings in verse 28, The mother of Sisera looked out at the window and moaned through the lattice, Why is his chariot so long in coming? Why are the hoofbeats of his steed so tardy? Her wise ladies answered her. She even returned answer to herself. Have they not found loot? Have they not divided the prey to every man a damsel or two? To Sisera, loot of diverse colors, a plunder of many-colored needlework, dyed double work garments for the necks of the spoilers. Deborah here contrasts herself as a mother in Israel to the mother of Sisera. Sisera's mother, in this image, not knowing where her son is, reassures herself that surely he is doing what he has been raised to do, meaning he is raping, looting, and pillaging. Devorah is saying that in contrast to herself, the mother in Israel, Sisera's mother does not criticize her son, does not morally guide him, and merely urges him to indulge his own desires. All that the mother of Sisera cares about, Devorah is saying, is her son achieving glory in battle. Many mothers dream of a child achieving glory, as do many fathers. When John Quincy became an ambassador or secretary of state, Abigail surely reveled in all his accomplishments and political appointments. But what was paramount to this great American matriarch was that all her son's achievements be attained in a moral manner. This was a message that I believe inspired John Quincy Adams, who never stopped giving back to his country. One of America's greatest secretaries of state, he had a presidency with little accomplished and lost the next election to Andrew Jackson. One might have expected John Quincy Adams to retire at this point, but he did not. 
he ran for Congress and returned to Washington as a mere congressional representative. The only time in American history that a president went then to the House, and he spent the rest of his career fighting against slavery in the District of Columbia, completing a life that has a moral arc that few in American history can match. Abigail Adams reminds us that generosity to our children must be combined with moral education, urging them to achieve, but always with the crucial caveat that Abigail Adams wrote, that in making our mothers and fathers proud, we must do our maker proud first. Devorah rises in a difficult time for Israel, but that is precisely where she inspires, for she teaches Israel what it means to lead militarily and morally in a time of war. Two years after John Quincy Adams departed to France, Abigail Adams wrote her son another beautiful letter, reflecting on the difficult times in which America found itself. But this, she emphasized, was a reason for inspiration. Abigail Adams wrote, quote, War, tyranny, and desolation are the scourges of the Almighty, and ought no doubt to be deprecated. Yet it is your lot, my son, to be an eyewitness of these calamities in your own native land, and at the same time to owe your existence among a people who have made a glorious defense of their invaded liberties, and who, aided by a generous and powerful ally with the blessing of heaven, will transmit this inheritance to ages yet unborn. And then Abigail Adams closed with moral guidance once more, both critique and praise. She wrote, I cannot fulfill the whole of my duty towards you if I close this letter without reminding you of a failing which calls for a strict attention and watchful care to correct. You must do it for yourself. You must curb that impetuosity of temper for which I have frequently chid you, but which, properly directed, may be productive of great good. I know you capable of these exertions. With pleasure I observed my advice was not lost upon you. If you indulge yourself in the practice of any foible or vice in youth, it will gain strength with your years and become your conqueror. The strict and inviolable regard you have ever paid to truth gives me pleasing hopes that you will not swerve from her dictates, but add justice, fortitude, and every manly virtue which can adorn a good citizen. Do honor to your country and render your parents supremely happy, particularly your ever-affectionate mother, A.A. This is Abigail Adams, a woman in time of war and a woman of profound moral guidance to those she impacted. Devorah is the original biblical archetype of warrior and moral guide, and that is why, while we will encounter other extraordinary women leaders in the Bible, it is Devorah that is known as a mother in Israel. This is Mayor Soloveitchik, looking forward to learning together tomorrow. Signing off.